Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy Fatcast. I'm your host, Eric Mack. I'm with so-called FantasyExperts.com's David Ganas and an original uh, SCFE fantasy writer, Michael Tomlin, who will join us today talking about the zero running back theory. As we break down the 2016 running back rankings, we'll deal with the sleepers, the busts, the breakouts. We'll have our grizzle and sizzle and our finder sleepers and all the things you've come to love from the Fantasy Fat Cast Duo, which is now a trio. I don't know if uh, Michael Tomlin is a chubby guy, but I do know that he shares the name of a guy that used to trip people on the sidelines for the P- Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, <laughs> How you doing, Michael? Pretty good. How you guys doing? Any relation to the Steelers' uh, tripper? No. Uh, actually, in college, a couple times, a uh, teacher would ask me that, but they wouldn't look up. And, I mean, I'm a smaller white man, and he's a bigger black guy. And I would say, yeah, he's my dad. And then they'd look up and be all ashamed and embarrassed. And, David Ganos, you're back. And uh, you could tell us about uh, the work you're doing at so-called Fantasy Experts. Your draft draft kit is out. And what are you working on recently? Yeah, we're rocking it. I mean, we've got – each day we've got three or four articles coming out in this draft kit. And I wanted to mention, which I didn't mention the other day, is it's a free draft kit. Which, uh, which usually is much more um, palatable. I, I'm a bigger fan of the free. So, uh, but this week we have quarterbacks articles uh, already posted, running backs, um, bus sleepers, breakouts, rookies, all the good stuff on each position broken down into separate uh, articles. And Michael Tomlin is a big part of that draft. Kit. He's one of our uh, fantasy football columnists, so. Uh, I'm happy we have him for this podcast, which is specifically a running backs previews podcast. Yeah, it's going to be uh, like what Gonos told me right before we came on the air. The most listened podcast ever. Ever. <laughs> That's the three R's, bro. <laughs> yeah. No pressure. So we'll we'll start with the, uh, the running backs here and uh, the zero running back theory, which we'll ask Michael Tomlin to explain. It's becoming the buzzword in fantasy football the last few years, and people are really buying into it. Tomlin, tell us about it. Well, it's really reversing the traditional running back, running back start. Back when everyone had three down backs, you had to get a couple of them, otherwise your team would be left out. Now you fill out almost your whole roster, a starting roster at least, before taking a single running back. And then what you end up taking are mid, mid-round timeshares or you take a platoon of a couple of guys on the same team that you think might break out or just a couple of pass-catching backs and high-upside flyers and you just roll with a, a large stable of possibility of good backs rather than taking the early guys and losing out when they bust. Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the way they label this theory says just how much how important running backs still are in fantasy football, because really what a zero running back theory is, is wide receivers are awesome. 
and load up on wide receivers, right? Because no one's loading up on quarterbacks necessarily or, or tight ends. They're loading up on the receivers in this modern day pass heavy offenses and all those, uh, you know, thousand plus receivers, 10 plus touchdown receivers. And, uh, in calling it a, a, a theory in fantasy football, they don't say it's a wide receiver theory. They go, it's a zero running back theory because running backs, are still important to your team. Even if you don't draft them early, you have to find some answers and we'll hopefully help you do that here. Uh, Ganos, we'll uh, talk a little bit about the top of the rankings. Uh, maybe if you can give us the, the top 10 uh, at so-called fantasy experts, where, where are your experts chiming in on the top running backs on the board right now? Actually, let me first uh, jump in and mention my concept of the, the zero running back theory in the wild. I'm actually a little opposed to it. Um, the fact that uh, you're relying on wide receivers early on so much, and we'll get into this more too also in the wide receivers podcast next week. Um, to me, you're, you're now reliant on that wide receiver staying healthy, the quarterback staying healthy, yeah. the left tackle staying healthy. Yeah. Any of those guys get hurt and, and your first round, second round, and third round picks in serious trouble. The left tackle gets hurt for a running back. It does. It's not quite a big of a problem. Um, but obviously, the running backs do get hurt uh, probably more often. Even though last yeah. year we saw Jordy Nelson and Calvin Benjamin go down early. But well, first, bring up I, a, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean. To I was just going to say the. Um, I would rather go running backs early, especially the good ones that we know should be the featured running backs. And then in those middle rounds is the, the best time to, to take chances on wide receivers because if you look at the stats over the past few years, the late the wide receivers that are suddenly getting a ton more points, it's not the top 10, they're suddenly getting a billion more points. Yeah. They're doing better. But it's those from 20 to 40 wide receivers that are getting a lot more points. So I'm going yeah. that route. I'd rather have more shots, like you said last, last uh, podcast, throw more darts at the dartboard at those yeah. middle wide receivers breaking out like Allen Robinson uh, last year and Michael Floyd even last year. And yeah. uh, rather than the middle round running backs, like Amir I Abdul. think also too, you could take it to the extreme that maybe you don't draft a running back in the top seven rounds. It go completely zero running back and you have the darts in all those wide receivers. I know you, you can only play uh, three or maybe four wide receivers in most leagues, but maybe if you draft six of them and you get four to five good ones, you know, assuming uh, one or two of them uh, bomb out on you, you have the darts on the dartboard with the receivers. I think this running back uh, theory is about managing risk and the risk yes. is lower with wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends than it is with running backs. So you, you remove, I'm not going to crush myself in the early rounds. If I adopt the zero running back theory, you could actually destroy your season. If you draft running backs early and you happen to get the bums that uh, break down. Uh, I think we're in the uh, same exact opposite boat. <laughs> I'm against I'm against the zero running back theory. I'm like you're agreeing with me by completely disagreeing with me. <laughs> but that's fine. All right. Let's we'll get it back into this a little bit more. Um just real quick, Tomlin, do you uh subscribe to the zero RB theory? Do you use it in mo- in, in a lot of your drafts? Yes, to an extent. 
I mean, I'm all about getting the best value possible. And to me, the receivers are just more valuable in the first round. I'm not opposed to taking a running back in the second or third round, though, if the value's there. Um, and as far as PPR versus standard, too, I think that makes a huge difference because sure. in PPR, you can find backs in the middle rounds that will be serviceable and get less likely to get hurt rather than in standard where you you pretty much are going to be needing to take them early. All right, I so think that's true with the receivers, segue. too, though. Sorry, just that you can pick up – there's a lot more wide receivers that are picking up a lot of catches, just not scoring, that you can fill in as your third receiver or whatever. But anyways, go ahead. Let's, let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a good segue. You're talking about uh, which running backs you might take in the first round. Giannis, tell us about the uh, so-called fantasy experts' top ten and which running backs might we be seeing going in the first round among those receivers and uh, probably Rob Gronkowski. Among the receivers? Which running uh, – tell us about the top ten running backs. And top ten running backs. Todd Gurley, number one. Todd Gurley, first, we, uh, we have ranked. Joe Bond has him second, but Le'Veon Bell is the second running back, which Joe Bond has first. Bell is, of course, coming off that uh, MCL tear. Um, Adrian Peterson, we have third. David Johnson, Arizona, fourth. And we're going to get into him a little bit more uh, later, definitely. Jamal Charles, fifth, also coming off a knee injury. Lamar Miller, now with Houston. We have him sixth. Devonta Freeman, seventh. Doug Martin, eighth. LaShawn McCoy, ninth. And then rookie Ezekiel Elliott, tenth overall. Or, I'm sorry, tenth among running backs. Now, there are some sites that even have Elliott higher, but I first want to talk about Freeman, who at the beginning of last season, he was looking like he might become the top running back in fantasy football. I'm curious to see he's just seventh on uh, the so-called fantasy uh, experts list. Yeah, and I, I love Freeman. I have him actually – I have him fourth behind the big three. Um, a lot of people are worried that Tevin Coleman's going to start taking a lot more snaps from him. And if you look at, uh, and also they, they look at what Freeman's production was toward um, after that big blow up in the first part of the season. He had three touchdowns in back-to-back games, which pretty much set him up to be, uh, you know, the, the best fantasy running back of the year. Um, but I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman. You know, this is a guy who is a rookie drafted last year. I love Devonta Freeman, his rookie season. I thought he was, I ex- hoped, yeah. expected him to blow up his rookie season uh, out of FSU. And then, but it came his second year. Um, I'm not worried about that. I kind of look at it a little bit, you know, last year they did uh, Tevin Coleman, I think it was out of Indiana. And um, everybody kind of jumped the gun that he was going to be the, he was going to be the feature back. But I look at it a little bit like the Ben Tate, uh, Arian Foster situation where they draft mm-hmm. when the Texans drafted Ben Tate. Now granted yep. he got injured, but they drafted Ben Tate and then uh, he got injured, and Arian Foster just exploded that season right. and never looked back. Now, granted, they did give Ben Tate a lot more carries, but Arian Foster was still a serviceable top five uh, fancy pick. Yeah, and I, I'm a, a little more bullish on Devonta Freeman than the public, but how about you, Michael Tomlin? Uh, I like him a lot, especially in PPR, and as well as where his draft ADP is right now. He's at 14th in standard and 16th in PPR, which to me, that's the type of running back I will take in the second round because there's a little more guarantee that he's going to have the production 
And I think there's less chance of him just completely falling off. And, uh, you know, Michael, tell me, tell me another running back uh, that you might take late first round when you're trying to choose between your zero RB strategy or taking a running back, where, where is the breaking point? Where do you go? Okay. I can't take a running back. I have to continue the runner receivers. For me, I kind of have a top eight receivers, the normal top eight, Brown, Jones, Beckham, Hopkins, Green, Dez, but if Jamal Charles is sitting there, it, it's hard to pass for me. I know he just tore his ACL, well, his second ACL, but when he's played a full season beside his rookie year, he's finished 11th, 3rd, 9th, 1st, and 7th. So if he finishes the year, he guarantees you're going to be a running back one with him. And he also I've never averaged under five yards to carry. I just, I just would, I would be more comfortable with him than most of the backs, even though he is coming off an ACL there. The one thing that concerns me, you know, the last return from an ACL didn't really uh, affect him. In fact, he rushed for a career-high rushing yards coming off that uh, ACL injury. The, the concern now is he's getting up into that age. He'll be 30 at the end of this season. That's kind of the, the warning sign running back age. So how can he respond as well five years later uh, coming off the knee injury. Ganos, your uh, reservations or confidence in Jamal Charles, where is it at? I do like him a lot. I have him ranked, I have him ranked fifth behind Freeman. Um, I, you know, you, you mentioned the 30-year-old thing. I think that's more indicative, to me at least, it's more indicative of a, for a running back that's been a feature back every year, year in, year out. So now Charles has already had, he's missed one entire season of carries with the one injury, he missed partial last year even his rookie season I don't think he had a big blow up rookie season um I want I can't forget I can't remember who he was behind but he wasn't an early draft pick um out of Texas so and even in Texas if you remember in Texas he was he shared with I want to say three other fantastic running yeah. backs who obviously my name the names escape me right now <laughs> but one of them was it said was it wasn't said that was uh that was way earlier but um he shared he shared the ball with a, several good Texas running backs. So I don't think uh, I don't think the age thing scares me because it's not the quite the tally of carries and touches. Uh, so I like him a lot also. Plus, All right. So let's and, talk and about one of you mentioned it. One yeah. of you mentioned he has I think it is he has the highest active or highest ever yards per carry. Yeah, five point five yards for his career. Yeah, yeah. He's an explosive player, and he has that uh, Andy Reid system that is running back friendly. It, it made LaShawn McCoy and others very, very productive for, for fantasy players for many years. So there, there's a lot of good things to talk about with Charles, but there's also the risk of being a bust. So uh, some possible early busts. These are the guys that make the zero RB theory really important to fantasy football players. Who are those early round busts? that we have to be wary of and we should be going with wide receivers over these guys. Connells? Well, I'm a Bucks fan. Um, and <laughs> I do like Doug Martin a lot, but I do think he's probably being over, uh, overpicked at this point, overvalued. Um, uh, last time, <laughs> the last time he blew up <laughs> was uh, his rookie season, and then he faded the next two seasons, partially due to injuries, 
partially due to indifference, partially due to that offensive line. But lo and behold, the contract season shows up, and he explodes <laughs> for, I think it was the second most rushing yards of, uh, in the NFL last year. I am a little leery of that. I And I also like Charles Sims. He dealt with some ankle problems um, in, early in his career, but I think he's somebody that they would like to uh, use more in the backfield. Um, but with that said, this is Dirk Cutter's offense, and, and he ran Doug Martin like crazy last year. I just I'm not sold completely that the Bucks offensive line is uh is completely fixed either. All right, so Michael Tomlin, uh give a give us an early round bust that uh you're going to avoid no matter where he falls to you. Gee, I don't know if I, that. <laughs> I just don't get the love for David Johnson. I mean he's going in the wow. top half of most first rounds. And wow! Yeah, Did you, he were had you a under three, a rock last off uh, last uh, stretch run. <laughs> okay, so he had a three game stretch where he had 472 yards total, 11 catches, and four touchdowns. In the three he games was, around that, he only had 85 total rushing yards and one touchdown. It just seemed like he kind of blew up in those three games and then fell back off. And I'm not even sure he's going to get a real starter share of the carries there with Ellington and Chris Johnson's back. I mean, the guy only has three career games with 11-plus carries, and people are taking him as a top-five pick. There's just there's just too much risk there for for me. Yeah, I can I can understand the the lack of uh, experience and usage, but the explosion is what we saw, and uh, you know it was not just as a running back too. It was the pass catching ability and. Uh, the size speed combination. There are, there are a lot of things to love about David Johnson. And one of the things to dislike about him is his, uh, you know, kind of revolving door that he has to uh, work with. I think Chris Johnson is his age uh, is going to limit him. Andre Ellington, his injuries have already limited him. I think John David Johnson is the, uh, the bell cow for that Arizona offense, which I think as we talked in the quarterback uh, uh, podcast, I think that Arizona offense uh, is dynamic and multivariate, a lot of different options, and the best being David Johnson. So your best argument against David Johnson is all the people around him, and then my best argument for David Johnson is all the people around him. I think there's going to be a lot of reasons uh, that David Johnson becomes that 1,200, maybe 10 to 15 touchdown. He already had 12 touchdowns last year in a limited role as a rookie um, I think that's where all the love is coming from. And, you know, if you're afraid of David Johnson in the top four uh, running backs, I guess that's why the zero running back theory exists and thrives as much as it does in fantasy football. Uh, but let's, let's turn now to uh, what we all love in fantasy football is the breakout. Let's find this year's David Johnson. David, going to start us off with a couple of guys that you might – uh, draft in the uh, 11 to 25 range among running backs, uh, and they can become a top five to 10 running back for you this year, the possible breakout running backs. The one guy I like a lot, and a lot of people have mentioned him in the off season. So unfortunately that means his price is going up is Melvin Gordon, the third MG three out of San Diego. Uh, he was the number one running back or number one rookie taken in last year's drafts and he was the number one disappointment in among rookies. <laughs> I don't know if that worked yep. out right. 
but <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's part of why I like him so much this year. Um, he was beat up last year. He didn't score one touchdown. That's that's uh, that's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. He was uh, he was injured. The the, uh, the rest of the Chargers, you know, I think that I think that offense in general is going to be um, it's going to be shifting a little bit. You know, well, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But uh, I, I do think he's going to become more of a um, a feature back that they lean on. He's not necessarily the super speed guy. I actually heard someone uh, talking the other day about how he was a fast college athlete and yeah. and uh, it's not it's not um, translating in the pros. To right. me, this was a guy that just plowed people in college. Yeah. Um, and I think he can still plow through people. But when you're beat up down low, it's much tougher to do. Uh, I would, so uh, I, I think he's somebody that's going to be a, a, a nice breakout. I would just be concerned, though, that maybe the microfracture surgery that he had uh, is kind of a signal for why he looks so dynamic in college. I, I watched him in Wisconsin. I was like, Wow. That is a big, fast, and quick uh, running back. And then in training camp last year, uh, all the reports had, wow, I can't believe how slow he is to the hole. And it was kind of a warning sign, and that's what we saw in the season. He was just a bit slow. And uh, maybe it was the bum knee and microfracture surgery. It's kind of like a four-letter word in fantasy football. Uh, you know, it's the S word as in, oh, oh, no, avoid this guy. And he's coming off of it, and the reports now are, uh, you know, positive. But where where can we be certain about Melvin Gordon? That's why he's going to fall to you. Maybe that's the best news uh, we can give you on him being a breakout. You'll get him at a reasonable rate. Uh, and, Ganas, did you have another breakout running back you want to throw out there, or you want me to turn to Tom Lee? Yeah, the other one I just want to mention was uh, I like Matt Jones, another second-year guy um, out of Washington taking over, essentially taking over for Alfred Morris uh, for the lead back role in Washington. That's little still up in the air, which is great because it's it's uh, driving down his draft value. Right now he's pretty much a six-rounder, um, but I like him. Again, this is a guy that did a lot in college, but on a college offense that really had some issues uh, in yeah. Florida. They, you know, that, that team, he was, those teams he was on were – problematic like they there wasn't a lot of uh, uh of success there and i think and they had a lot of quarterback problems and all that stuff but matt jones was one of the stars of that offense um i think he's going to be uh fun to watch in Gruden's offense in washington how about you michael tomlin where where are the uh surprise breakthrough backs uh among the top 25 uh for you well, I'm I'm going to the San Diego backfield as well. I like Gordon a lot, especially at his price, but I like Danny Woodhead even better. I mean, the guy was the third overall running back in PPR and 10th in standard last year, and he's still going at 85th overall in ADP, which I just don't get. Even with Gordon, there's enough touches to go around. Um, I think Keenan Allen coming back will help Woodhead because they like to go to the shotgun so much in the red zone that the safeties will have to worry about Allen. And so he'll be able to run those little option routes underneath and get to the end zone. Yeah, all right, Gonos. I, I think I'm going to turn it over to you. One of my favorite segments uh, that uh, your brainchild, the grizzle versus sizzle, uh, if only because it makes my mouth water. I want you to uh, <laughs> take us uh, through this uh, this exercise and uh, give us what you got with your grizzle or sizzle. Yeah. So the way this works is I name a player and I name his ADP. 
and you guys tell me if you think that that means this guy is grizzle, which means he's all fat and crap and stuff you leave on the side you <laughs> throw away in the trash. Or if you think at that eighty what? piece spot, if you think that eighty piece spot is hot and he's sizzle, that means you like him. It's a good value at that spot, and you'll take it and you'll eat it all day long. So the cool. first guy we're going with is uh, the sophomore. I mean, all I'm talking about today is sophomore running back. Sophomore running back of Seattle, Thomas Rawls, with a 3.04 ADP right now. Let's go uh, first. Let's go to Michael with that one. Mike, what do you think about Thomas Rawls? I think that one's all grizzle. There's a, there's no certainty on when he's actually going to be fully healthy from that ankle. And then them drafting three running backs has not had any uh, confidence to me drafting him, as well as I think Jimmy Graham will see a little more red zone look there. So uh, I'm out on Rawls with that. Interesting. Think, Enoch, uh, what do you think? I don't mean to play uh, middle ground here, uh, but I think that's relatively a reasonable spot to manage the risk. I think a lot of people will assume the Seahawks offense has a first or second running back round, first or second round running back in it. It's just, can we be certain that Rawls is the one? I know we, we saw an explosive Rawls 5.6 yards per carry last year, uh, you know, filling in for um, the retired one there. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, but uh, you know, if he's actually that back, he was a year ago, you're going to get some sizzle there. And I think uh, I'm going to go on the sizzle side uh, just because of the, the ceiling and the offense he's in. You know, it was funny when you said, I'm going to play the middle ground here. Cause that reminded me, we won't say his name, but it reminded me of a, of a guy Emac and I used to work with who, <laughs> when we'd listen to him, we listen to him do radio spots, or or when he talked to us in general, he'd say, "This is why this guy is great," and then he'd go, and then at the end he'd go, "But this is why I don't think he's any good," and then he'd go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we'd call him the Waffler. He was famous yeah. for it. So here's what I think: Rawls, the Seattle offense. Um, you know, we saw what Marshawn Lynch did, did there year after year after year after year. Pete Carroll to have a featured guy. If Rawls can get back healthy, I think he's going to stay that guy. I don't think they. I don't think they're going to bounce around. Remember that, and, there, and a lot of people talk about they drafted Alex Collins and they drafted uh, CJ Precise. I don't think you know. In the past three or four years, they've drafted a bunch of rookie running backs. You know, Kristen Michael and um, Robert Turbin were rookie running backs with the Lynch. Incredible Seahawks. They draft. They draft running backs. Yeah, it's. It's, yeah. That's something they do often. So I'm not as concerned about that. And, uh, but I do think obviously he has to be healthy. It's, this is, I picked him because um, Jake Seeley for Roto Experts. Uh, who, oh, you know, no, he likes him? The deli guy. No, I just want to say, oh, you're, you're going <laughs> to back off. Well, what I was going to say is um, he does, every year he does this top 100 players. And he gets a ton of uh, writers in the industry to submit their top 100 rankings and and then he mashes them all together and then he he releases them 20 at a time sort of like how the nfl network does the top 100 nfl players so and then when they release 20 at a time we all look at them and and we can pick a player or two that we want to write about well when it came to the 21 to 40 players Rawls. Uh, I forget where he was ranked in that. And if you look up top 100 players or roto experts, Jake Seeley, I'm sure it'll be in there. But 
I forget where he was ranked in there, but everyone wanted to talk about him as their write-up because they, I want to talk about him too, they all said he was ranked too high, which is what Tomlin's saying, which everyone out there, that might be the smart thing to do. I'm not saying I'm awesome. <laughs> but I think I would have argued that he was ranked too low. Like I would have definitely yeah. loved to have him as a uh, third round pick. Again, it all depends on when you're drafting too. Um, Cause his health is going to make a big difference and all that. Okay. So that was a bit. So I go sizzle with that sizzling. Tom and I win because you, you sided with me. Sorry, Tomlin. <laughs> or, or that player is on the new guy. There you go. <laughs> all right. So we're going to the second one now. Grizzler sizzle. DeMarco Murray. He is the former Eagles Cowboys running back. Now with the Tennessee Titans, his ADP has dropped all the way down to 4.11. Yeah. So let's go. Emac, you start us off with that. What do you think of DeMarco Murray in Tennessee? I, I think you, you said it in the inflection in your voice and the, oh, the crap. Com- comment you made there. He's dropped all the way down too. You're surprised how low he's fallen. And it was a mess in Philly. Unmitigated disaster. But the talent is still there. I think the Titans will surprise you this year if Marcus Mariota stays healthy. I like their weapons. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like fantasy weapons necessarily, but there are some, uh, you know, people in that offense that can take the, uh, the pressure off of Murray. Um, not necessarily something you could have said in Philly where they used him and it was just misuse uh, running the offense of Chip Kelly's system. Uh, I think the offensive line is still uh, young and has a lot of upside. There's a lot of first-round picks on that offensive line. I'm going sizzle with Dar- DeMarco Murray. Interesting. I like that. Right. What do you think, uh, Mr. Tomlin? I'm going sizzle as well. Preface, I am a Cowboys fan, so I did, I did watch him very closely <laughs> for those first few years of his career. Um, I do think though that's just way too low. He, he this yeah. is a zero running back drafter's dream. If you're getting Demarco yeah. Murray at the end of the Good fourth point. round, is he is he that much different than those guys going on the second round? Like, a, right. I, I just don't see the difference. Yeah, he can lose some snaps or TDs to Henry, but Tennessee's going to run the ball. They're going to run it a ton, and they're going to try to control the clock. Their defense isn't that good. So they're going to have to. They're going to play that Dallas Cowboys formula from a couple of years ago, and he, he's going to be the beneficiary of it. I absolutely agree with both of you. I think this is, uh, a, this is a three-way sizzle. Which we was, all um, that That was Emacs' college nickname, if I remember. <laughs> well, you know what that's the, uh, If we all agree, it means Murray's going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it also means it was a bad choice by me. I want to pick someone that we're all going to disagree on. But uh, right. I, I agree with both of you. I do think the Titans offense, such a big difference in style than what Chip Kelly was running. Um, he was completely miscast there. The minute Kelly uh, signed Murray and then the next day signed Ryan Matthews, we knew Murray was doomed in Philly. Like, not <laughs> yeah. that not that Matthews was going to take it over, but just that Kelly had no idea what he was doing. Like that was just that was that was horrible. Yeah. Okay, so we all agree on that one. Let's go to the last one. This one's a little bit farther down the draft boards, um, but I think this is so far one of the more uh, intriguing players, Chris Ivory, who is the free agent that signed with the Jaguars after uh, a long time with the Jets. And first, I want to just mention his 
the difference in ADP right now, he averages out on fantasy pros on their ADP. He averages out at a seventh rounder, early seventh rounder. But if you look wow. at each of the draft sites where they have him average, for instance, uh, let's see, Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS will do specifically. All right, so Yahoo has him averaged as the 95th pick overall, which is a – somebody help me with the math – eighth rounder, I believe. The uh, ESPN has him as the 101st um, pick overall, which is ninth. No, that's eight, eighth rounder, also a later eighth. And then CBS has him as a 64th player overall, which is a high sixth. So everyone, and, and then also my fantasy league and the NFFC, they have him 62 and 79, and Fantrax has him as 80. But the two, two, two sites, the average draft for him in a high sixth round, and then two having him in the low eighth round, that's a wide margin for error, and that yeah. puts him at 7.04 ADP for us. So I am interested in your takes on that. Uh, let's go Let's go, Michael Tomlin first on this one, Chris Ivory. I'm going to say Grizzle just because I, I just don't want him on my team. There's too much unknown, no matter yeah. if it's sixth or eighth round. I mean, maybe the 10th or 11th of these flips, but it, that offensive line there is just not a power-blocking offensive line. They're the second-worst. Uh, offensive line in the league last year when it came to power runs, and he's not really a, a get-outside-and-go type player. And the Eldon's still there to split carries, too. And most of all, I think that whole offense is just going to regress a little bit back. And so I'll, I'll, I'm just going to stay away from him. Interesting. So, what do you think, Matt? Um, he went grizzle. So I, I'm going to go sizzle. Um, if you remember uh, what he did in the first half of last year in fantasy football, he was a monster uh, for the Jets. Now, I know the Jaguars running game is not a Jets running game, but this Jaguars offense uh, has a, a number of weapons that can open up the running game for him. I know TJ Yeldon uh, didn't have it open up for him, but Ivory is more of a I'm going to make my own way type runner. And if that, if he's on the uh, board where Ganos is talking uh, in drafts after the fact, after we learn exactly his role, and I think in, in training camp before we draft, we're going to know whether Ivory's clearly ahead of Yeldon, which I think he will be. And we're going to be thirsty for running backs at that stage because we, we, we all went zero running back theory and running backs are on the board. What guy could be a 10 touchdown guy? This is one of them. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to say grizzle or uh, sizzle. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sizzling Grizzle. This is a, it's an interesting player because I think a lot of the disparity in ranking is people not sure what you guys mentioned, who, uh, which is going to be the starter for most of the season. When he first signed, I think everybody was definitely thinking uh, Ivory was going to be the starter. And then a lot of people thought Yeldon would eventually be the starter after, um, after the team, talked about the players' roles and stuff. Now, just a few weeks ago, uh, the Jaguars beat writer for the Florida Times Union believes it will be Chris Ivory over Yeldon. Um, But but it was interesting. His wording was Ivory as the initial starter, which I thought was interesting, Uh, meaning that's probably – he's not even sure. He's just – he's making his pick, but he's not even sure. To be honest with you, what I think is going to happen is, and Emac intimated this, is I think – 
Ivory is going to be the goal line guy. I think Yeldon's going to get a lot of um, a lot of the carries between the twenties. And I think I would rather have. So I'm going to go with uh, Grizzle on this as a seventh rounder, only because I think I would rather have Yeldon, who is getting picked almost around later as an eighth rounder, yeah. and I and I might get the same amount of stats out of him, just in different I think, form. I think these guys are the perfect platoon to where you get both of them. Excellent. And that way, yeah. at, at their ADP, you can get one in the seventh or eighth, one in the ninth or tenth, and then that way you're guaranteeing yourself the starter there since no one's really going to know or it could flip-flop back and forth. Right. Well, Yeldon uh, had kind of a disappointing rookie season. We've seen uh, running backs have – Disappointing rookie seasons when they get highly hyped, and then great rookie seasons when they kind of come out of the woodwork. So let's turn our attention now to the rookies. Uh, so, Ganos, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, give us a rookie uh, that you're looking at on the board. Um, you know, the, the running backs have gone uh, later in the NFL draft, and yet they, they don't avoid us early in the fantasy football draft. So give us some uh, rookies that you're looking at. Well, one specifically I want to I want to just talk about was um, well let's go back because we talked about him at the start was Ezekiel Elliott. I'd mentioned yeah. in an earlier podcast. Uh, I am real. I probably will not own Ezekiel Elliott in any league this season because it's, be it blows my get. mind. People are taking him as a yeah. Well, yes, but people are taking him as a first rounder. To me, um, I, I have him as like a late second, maybe early third guy only because, you know, everybody's blowing up how he's going to be amazing in this Cowboys offense with those tools around, with the players around him in that offensive line, and he's a three-down back and this and that. This dude has not taken an NFL snap yet, and uh, I think I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, in the past 16 years, only three running backs that were the first rookie backs taken in the draft ended up being the highest scoring running backs at the end of the season. And mm-hmm. that's just uh, that's a low percentage of success for me. And if you're taking him in the first round, you are definitely betting that he's going to be the highest scoring rookie uh, that season. And it, it's just uh, too much of a gamble for me. But um, real quick, Tomlin, what do you think about uh, Ezekiel Elliott? I think it's too high. I mean, I know that they're going to they're gonna use him. He's going to end up starting. I think right now they're still – using the facade that he's not the starter, but he's going to be the starter. He's going to get touches, but they're not going to overuse him. They didn't spend a fourth overall pick on a guy just to give him 350 carries his rookie year and not be worth anything after that. They have Alfred yeah. Morris, they have McFadden. It's, it's going to be more of a timeshare than people are really giving it credit for right now. And so he, I, I would, he's not going to be on any one of my teams either. I can promise you that. Yeah, and I think it's tough when you, when you look at the, the three backs they have. But, you know, you, Darren McFadden actually rushed for 1,000 yards last year. Uh, and then you got Alfred Morris, who had 3,000-yard seasons before last season. Uh, and then you got Ezekiel Elliott. It's just uh, too many variables. I know the offensive line is outstanding. They're going to protect Romo with the running game. But it's tough to guarantee the touches. And you're going to have to take Ezekiel Elliott over some proven commodities. And someone in your draft is going to do it, and they'll probably do it before you. So uh, yeah. many, many cautious and risk-averse fantasy drafters are going to be avoiding Ezekiel Elliott on that. Uh, 
criteria. And I think his, his value is inflated. Sorry to talk over you. I think his value is inflated, too, because of what we saw from Todd Gurley last year. And uh, I think we're going to end up seeing that Todd Gurley is um, a guy that's a man apart here. This is a different situation uh, as a, a rookie coming in, coming off a, a knee injury, and he was able to do what he did. That's a yeah. different That's a different. Monster altogether. All right, so and the other the, the bell cow in his offense, and in this this situation, Ezekiel Elliott's one of a number of weapons. So let's go. I already ran on too long about Ezekiel. Let's go over to Michael Tomlin with uh, his his rookie of the. Uh, he wants to talk about. I'm looking at DeAndre Washington with Oakland uh, from Texas Tech. He caught 105 passes the last three seasons there, averaged 6.4 yards a carry, senior year with 16 touchdowns. I'm not sold on Latavius Murray. I don't think Oakland sold on Latavius Murray. He only had 200-yard games, and he played every game last season. Um, Carr also uses his backs a lot. In the first two years, he's averaged 140 targets <laughs> to his running backs each year. So I think DeAndre yeah. Washington's going to be a PPR stud by the end of the year. I'm sold. That is, de- that is definitely an interesting uh, late rounder. Now, I'm surprised that you don't, share uh, fantasies of affinity for Latavius Murray because he does get a lot of love. And I, I got to admit last year, I was a bit skeptical of him and that offense and where would that offense wind up? But Derek Carr really took uh, a, a significant step in year two. And it helped, I think, take some pressure off the running game and the Raiders defensively played pretty well. You know, they have uh Mac coming off the edge there. So there, there is a lot of, uh, things moving in the right direction in Oakland. I think Murray is one of them. I think DeAndre Washington can, uh, you know, usurp the receiving and receiving down action, uh, but I don't think it's going to keep Murray from being a pretty uh, solid early second round running back. Maybe even, uh, maybe even one of those guys. If you're not uh, in love with the receivers in late round one, that you can consider Murray. Uh, even that high. So uh, with running backs, uh, rookie running backs, Gonos, did you have anyone else that you wanted to uh, throw out? Jordan Howard, I I wanted to mention real quick, Jordan Howard for Chicago. This is a big guy, and they talk about him as a a change of pace back, but it's more because he's a a beast. I mean, he's uh, six foot, 230. He's a a big fellow. I mean, it's a a nice um, guy to hit the hole. And Jeremy Langford is not that. He's He's a little more of the complimentary, but it seems like they're backwards on the roster right now. could see that flipping. But we got to move ahead because of time-wise. I want to hit the finders, sleepers. There's another segment we do. This is basically just picking a deep, deep sleeper that you're probably not drafting outside of a, uh, of a large league. Um, or maybe uh, looking at the deep sleepers we, we picked, maybe just at the end of a large league, 16-rounder maybe, let's say 18-rounder. Um, so these are running backs, deep sleepers are running backs. Uh, Michael, who do you have? I mean, I was going down the ADP list, and I was trying to find a deep sleeper, but the <laughs> deepest guy down there that I just couldn't imagine not being a factor was James Starks. I mean, he's down at 160th in PPR and ADP. The guy had almost 1,000 yards last year, and it's not like Eddie Lacy's a stable starter here. Well, and so I, I just don't get why he's that far low and how much value he could end up providing you. All right, we only have 19 sec- uh, 90 seconds left. So, Ganos, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. Tell us about the uh, SCFE draft kit again. Again, a ton of uh, content there, rankings, busts, rookies, 
breakout sleepers. And I also want to let you guys know we have another podcast every week. Um, that's the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. That's with Joe Bond. They do it every Tuesday night. Um, Mike, what are you working on this week? I got tight end sleepers and busts, and how to spot a sleeper. Oh, nice. that's interesting. All right, we'll look forward well, to that. Well, you can email us uh, if you have questions. We can answer it on the next Fatcast, which will be next Tuesday. Fatcast at so-called fantasyexperts.com. Email us your questions, and you can find us on Twitter. I'm Eric Mack at Eric Mack Sports. Uh, David Ganas at David Ganas and Michael Tomlin at Tomlin three. That's the number three on Twitter. Uh, thank you for joining the fantasy fat cast. This, this was episode three. Next up will be episode four and the wide receivers. I can't wait to talk about wide receivers. They guide us in fantasy football. Nowadays, we, we got John are, Lepresto for that. Sorry. John Lepresto as our guest. We are out. You used to call me on the cell phone. <laughs>